Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. A California environmental law has long been used to delay infrastructure projects and hold up new construction for both the public and private sectors. And now, now it's come for the very people who passed it into law, the state legislature. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Oh, this is a fascinating full circle moment. We love those. Christian Bridgeke joins us. He's the associate editor at Reason. He covers property rights, housing policy, transportation policy, and regulation. Very, very important. Christian, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So here we are talking about uh, California's landmark environmental law. So for those of our listeners who aren't tracking uh, this uh, behemoth, uh, give us the uh, the backstory in terms of what that law is, what it has allowed to happen and where we are now. Sure. So the law in question is called the California Environmental Quality Act. Um, a lot of states have laws like this. California's is by far the most uh, expansive, most strict. And basically what it requires is that if ever there's a um, project that in, that requires a discretionary government approval of some kind, um, then the government, you know, then uh, the environmental impacts of that project have to be studied and examined, and then uh, alternatives that might uh, impact the environment less have to be uh, studied as well. And uh, w- when I say you know a project, that could be anything from a new highway to uh, maybe a new um, apartment complex that requires some sort of discretionary approval from a government agency um, to um, you know, a new bike lane, any sort of thing like that. So the law is quite expansive as far as what it requires uh, the environmental impacts to be studied. And then as well, all, you know, it's very um, expansive as far as the types of environmental impacts have to be studied as well. Everything from, you know, its effects on uh, air pollution to traffic to, you know, Native American archaeological resources to, you know, just the aesthetics of a neighborhood, uh, what have you. Um, so it's it's quite it's quite uh, quite expansive law. Yeah, and so interesting. Uh, of course, it seems the original con, uh, intent, as you pointed out in your piece, was was to force the government to stop and listen to public feedback before they were doing things like paving over wetlands, new hi- highway projects, and so on. And and so that's a a good thing. I think people say, oh, we, we want some of that regula- regulation in there to make sure we're we're doing things right. Uh, but this was uh, what you called a citizen enforced law. So so give us some perspective in terms of how this was being used in the state of California. Right. And so, you know, again, as you, as you mentioned, the, the intention was to, get, to stop government bureaucracies from, you know, just bulldozing over the state while approving new infrastructure. Um, and, the, and so in order to enforce this law, you know, they didn't want to, you know, leave it in the hands of government bureaucrats, the very government bureaucrats they were trying to restrict. And so they made it a citizen-enforced law, so where effectively any California citizen can file a Sequel petition saying, you know, this government agency hasn't studied this or that impact enough. Um, they haven't, you know, provided enough opportunity for comments, or the project that they ended up approving really differs from what they said they told the public they were going to do. And maybe that sounds reasonable, but what it means, particularly in the context of just how many things CEQA applies to, means that basically anyone in the state can file a lawsuit to stop 
you know, almost any type of project or new development. So it's become a very, you know, kind of the go-to tool for the state's uh, NIMBYs to stop any type of growth. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. In fact, you mentioned in your your piece that uh, many have have sort of pointed to this as uh, some of the the reason behind some of the housing shortages there in California, because some of these uh, housing developments or or apartment buildings have been delayed for years and years, maybe by, as you said, a citizen with a couple hundred bucks uh, who could just slow down that process. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, you have cases of, um, you know, an apartment building that needs some sort of discretionary approval from a local government. Um, You know, uh, a neighbor who doesn't like that building can file a CEQA lawsuit and, you know, stretch out the approval of that um, project for, you know, years, uh, you know, as as litigation plays out. Um, In fact, uh, there was a recent study from the law firm Holland and Knight that found that about half of California housing projects um, or half of the units uh, California builds each year um, are hit with CEQA lawsuits. Um, so about 50,000 housing units each year are challenged under CEQA lawsuits. Wow. Um, and because and so sometimes this is just people who don't want to see, uh, you know, new growth. But also a lot of times it's uh, done cynically by uh, interest groups. So, for instance, um, labor unions are frequent filers of CEQA lawsuits, hmm. um, basically as an effort to leverage uh, to get project labor agreements where the developer will agree to hire the union labor um, on their project, you know, and the basically the union is gambling that it'll cost the developer less to just hire the more expensive union labor than it will for them to fight, you know, a lawsuit stopping their project for five to ten years, even if the environmental complaints being raised are specious at best. Wow. Uh, wow. That is uh, that is stunning. Uh, and I think we can all agree that some regulation, some oversight, those are good things. Uh, we, we all want to have that to make sure we're being careful stewards of the environment. Absolutely. Making sure we're we're factoring in all the things that are going to impact a neighborhood or a community. Absolutely. Uh, but we've seen this now weaponized, uh, as you just described, uh, for, for labor unions to basically use it as a threat or as a blackmail strategy uh, to get their people hired on these projects. Uh, and so now bring us to this full circle moment. Uh, where now the very people who passed this bill are now going to be experiencing the worst of the impacts on it. Explain that. Right, yeah. And a, and a little bit of an ironic twist of fate, um, the California legislature, which, um, you know, the law was passed in 1970, but um, the California legislature has been loath to, uh, you know, attempt wholesale reform of CEQA, even though the problems are widely recognized. Um, so fast forward to uh, 2022, um, the California legislature is in the process of trying to build a new office annex next to the Capitol building, and a local group of you know taxpayer advocates, small business groups, uh, environmentalists filed a sequel lawsuit um, claiming that they didn't disclose enough details about what the project would look like, uh, that they hadn't studied enough uh, alternatives to building this new office, um, and they filed a sequel lawsuit to 
um, require more thorough environmental review, and they got an appeals court to agree with them. So now this massive $1.3 billion legislative office complex is on hold for the time being while they go back and do the CEQA-mandated studies. Oh, that is uh, irony of ironies. <laughs> so so fascinating, and, and that's often what happens. Uh, even things that are put in for, for good intentions in the beginning – uh, through that bureaucratic process uh, can unravel in a, in a big hurry. And this is uh, one of those that uh, is just extraordinary in the, in the state of California. And a good, a good reminder for a lot of the other things we see, both at the local levels, state levels, and most definitely uh, with a lot of the uh, federal government uh, regulation that we, we see back in Washington, D.C. Christian Britsky's associate editor at Reason. Always appreciate his perspective. And uh, this was a great one, Christian. Thanks so much for weighing in today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That's Christian Bridgeke, uh, and this is just so ironic. Uh, again, basically anyone in California can file that lawsuit uh, based on this piece of legislation to slow down, uh, whether it's a home building, a project, a road. And again, we want to make sure we're doing the right things. Do we need to make sure we're checking on uh, things that might impact uh, the environment? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, should it be able to be used uh, just to slow down a project you don't like? Or an organization you don't like? No, that's not the way it's supposed to be done. And you have to be careful. So now the state legislature, which passed the bill, uh, is now in this dust-up that they have this massive capital annex project to expand uh, their government offices there in California. And it is stuck and stopped in litigation and probably will be for a few years. I also thought it was ironic that 50,000 housing units have been caught and tied up for years in this kind of... And again, it can be raised by anyone with a couple of hundred bucks uh, to actually file it. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. Got to do better than that uh, for sure.